0: Welcome to another sermon podcast from All Souls Anglican Church, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Thanks for joining us as we study God's Word together. These weekly sermons are part of the teaching ministry of our church. Have your Bible ready as we begin this week's sermon. And stay tuned when we finish at the end to find out more about us.
1: As we began this service this afternoon, we heard Samantha read to us the letter from Bishop Julian Dobbs marking the 10th anniversary of this parish in which he commended all souls and said, As a congregation, you have faithfully witnessed to Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. You have stood fast in the gospel once for all entrusted to the saints. And as we consider the anniversary of God's faithfulness to this congregation, what are the hallmarks of standing fast in the gospel, which was once for all entrusted to the saints? It was on Sunday, February the 16th, 2014, that a group of 48 people gathered here at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Cherry Hill, New Jersey for the inaugural service of All Souls Anglican Church. Some of you were among those gathered, which also included guests from St. George's Helmetta, New Jersey, Christ Church Anglican on the main line, and the one-time bishop of the REC Diocese of the Northeast, Bishop David Hicks, and his wife. It was also my wife, Heather, and my honor and privilege to be in that inaugural service of this congregation. And I still recall and remember vividly Dr. Henry Jansma opening God's Word in that service 10 years ago, and speaking from Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, which was purposefully chosen as our second reading today. For those of you that were with us in that inaugural service and those who have since come to All Souls in the intervening years, and for our guests gathered today, I want to recall for you Dr. Jansma's challenge to the congregation gathered from this brief passage in Romans. His sermon that day was entitled, Gospel Hallmarks. And it is fitting to remind ourselves as we gather together today of the salient points for this passage, which he exposited and which he charged this congregation. So let's consider briefly this passage of Scripture together. Following his opening greeting to the faithful Christians of this young church in Rome, the Apostle Paul expresses in verses 8, 15, his joy that the faith which the church in Rome proclaimed is the same faith which was being proclaimed across the known world of the empire. And it was Paul's desire to come and be with them, writing that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Beginning then in verse 16 of the first chapter, the Apostle Paul makes his defense an apology for the gospel, which he has been faithfully preaching to both Jew and Greek, and he notes for us five hallmarks of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The very first hallmark, which Dr. Jansma reminded those gathered of Ten years ago was that the gospel is offensive to the perishing. In 2014, this congregation was freshly removed from the apostasy of the Episcopal Church, and the gospel which had been faithfully preached by Dr. Janspa had indeed been offensive to that congregation, resulting and Henry and Deacon Barbara being deposed from ordained ministry in the TEC and most of the vestry and their families forced to find safe haven within what was then Cana East, a new diocese of the Anglican Church in North America. Yes, the gospel is offensive to the lost and each of us, in our desire to be accepted, can often be tempted by shame that others may ridicule us. But I remind you today, do not be ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. If you have your Bibles, or can open a pew Bible that is in front of you, look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 16 and 17. It is here in Second Timothy that Saint Paul reminds us of Onesiphorus in verses 16 and 17, who was not ashamed of the apostle's chains and imprisonment. For when he arrived in Rome, Paul tells young Timothy that he searched diligently for the apostle and found him where in a prison. So we must ask ourselves, as Christians, have I, ever, have I ever been ridiculed for my faith? And if not, then perhaps I need to examine the gospel, which I am claiming to share with others, because that gospel will be offensive to the lost. Secondly, this passage reminds us that the gospel is the power of God, It does not bring power, rather it is the power of God to bring transformation, to bring change and new life, salvation and freedom from the bondage of sin and the promise and hope of eternal life to those who entrust themselves to the good news of the gospel, that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin upon the cross And when we believe it and are baptized into him, we are made his precious and beloved children. While sin is still a reality and present in our lives, the new child of God has been given the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit and the promise that there is no temptation which has taken us, which is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it therefore my dear friends flee from idolatry paul says in 1 corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 thirdly we were reminded on that day 10 years ago that the gospel is universal It is for the Jew and the Gentile. It works everywhere it is preached, and there is no culture and no tribe and no language on earth where the gospel cannot take root. Dr. Philip Jenkins, director of Baylor University's program for historical studies of religion, reminds us that Christianity is growing the fastest in some of the most difficult places on earth, places like the Asian countries and sub-Saharan Africa and regions of the world and China, which are under intense persecution, when faith is proclaimed to the point that the church has been forced virtually underground. But the good news of the gospel for these persecuted regions of the world, is also the good news for us in Cherry Hill. And it's the good news for us in Philadelphia. And it is the good news for us in the greater Delaware Valley. How do you, how do I go about sharing our faith with a lost world? It has to be an imperative of our life, and of our mission, and the reason why we exist. The fourth hallmark of the gospel that Paul notes in verse 17 is that the gospel reveals God's righteousness. Two chapters later, in Romans chapter 3, the apostle notes that the gospel is the unique action of God and God alone, There is no righteousness within any of us. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 3, verses 9 to 23. You'll find that in your pew Bibles, Romans 3, 9 to 23. When you find it, let's read together. Paul writes, For we have already charged that all... Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, in their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Paul concludes this little portion by saying there is no distinction then for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In today's post-Christian culture that we live in, we have tried to dismiss sin as an outdated concept of antiquity. However, in those quiet and lonely hours when we are alone, I ask, have you ever considered your life in the light of God's description of our lives, that all have sinned and all fall short of his righteousness because he alone is righteous. In verse 17, the apostle Paul notes that in, that in it, that is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. In his sermon 10 years ago, for which I told Samantha I took good notes, <laughs> Dr. Jansma pointed us to this final hallmark of the gospel. In the epistle to the Hebrews in chapter 2, Paul, or the writer, makes this final point that the message of the gospel is confirmed by Holy Scripture. Look, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 2. The writer to the Hebrews says, beginning in verse 1, Therefore we must While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So we are 10 years on now. We stand at the beginning of a new chapter in the life of this parish. Dr. Janspa and Barbara have retired after 10 years of faithful shepherding and exposition of God's word. The parish finds itself in a new period, a period between leaders as we pray and seek our Lord's face for the next leader he may be calling. But in this new period of ministry, I call you not to forget those hallmarks of the gospel, which you were charged with 10 years ago. Stay focused on the gospel. This new period in our life as a parish will undoubtedly bring some change. But the thing which may not change is our faithfulness as a parish to God's word. His call for us to sacrificially love our neighbors as ourselves to love the lost enough to befriend them, invite them into our homes, to care for those who are broken and hurt. For those of us gathered to mark this 10th anniversary of All Souls Anglican, hold on to the truth of these words by the hymn writer We have a gospel to proclaim good news for men and women in all the world the gospel of a savior's name we sing his glory we tell his worth in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen thank you for listening
0: You can find out more about us by going to our website, allsoulsnj.org. There, you can support our mission by making a one-time donation or starting a podcast member subscription by clicking the Support the Show link under the Contact Us tab. You can also support us in prayer by clicking the Email Newsletter tab at the top. All Souls Anglican Church. Simple church. Ancient truth, real people, new life.